listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot, and this week I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great novels in verse, in honor of April being Poetry Month. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by National Geographic Books. The Cave is the incredible memoir of Imani Balur, a young doctor and activist who ran an underground hospital in Damascus, humanizing the enduring crisis in Syria. The only woman to have ever run a wartime hospital in Syria, she saved many from the atrocities of war while having to face the patriarchal conservatism around her. Amani Balor is a game changer. Listen, she will be remembered as one of history's greatest. She's a passionately committed humanitarian, and she is determined to help others escape the horrors that she survived. Make sure to pick up the memoir, The Cave by Amani Balor and Rania Abu Zaid for a memoir that expands on the 2019 Oscar nominated film by the same name, which documents her experience running the hospital, shielding children from horrific sarin attack, losing colleagues, trying to employ more women in the hospital, and eventually leaving and becoming a refugee. So make sure to read about this amazing woman. And thanks again to National Geographic Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of Anita De Monte Laughs Last by Sochil Gonzalez. So this is one of my most anticipated books of the year. It follows two women of color who are in the art world, but who also kind of sit outside of it because of a lack of privilege. So the story is told from both of their perspectives and it moves back and forth through time. So in 1985, Anita DeMonte is a rising star in the art world and she's found dead in New York City, right? And then in 1998, Raquel, a third-year art history student, becomes involved with an older, more privileged art student and finds herself rising up the social ranks as a result. But then she also stumbles upon Anita's story and she sees parallels between Anita's story and her own. So Anita DeMonte Laughs Last is a propulsive, witty examination of power. Make sure to pick it up. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of Anita DeMonte Laughs Last by Sochil Gonzalez for sponsoring this episode. All right, so April is Poetry Month, and I do love reading poetry. But lately, I realized that I haven't read a lot of poetry in the last few months, and that made me kind of sad. And then I got to thinking, and I was like, well, I have read some really great novels in verse. Um, So I'm going to be telling you about two great novels in verse written by two really amazing poets, and I hope that you pick them up, even if poetry is not your thing, um, because I think you know, having a plot and having a narrative and characters can kind of get people into poetry in a unique way. So my first pick is Alone by Megan Freeman. And Alone is technically a middle grade novel, but I think it really sort of walks that line between middle grade and young adult, in part because this book takes place over the course of a few years. So the protagonist, Maddie, is 12 years old when the book starts, but she's uh, 15 by the time the book ends. So Alone is about Maddie, who is, you know, just a normal middle schooler living in Colorado at the start of her novel. 
she has two parents who love her very much but are divorced amicably. And so she splits her time between her dad and her mom's house. Um, but luckily, they both live in the same small town and they are relatively close to one another. So it's not too much of a hassle bopping back and forth between the two of them. Because of this arrangement, she is kind of uniquely positioned to conspire with her two best friends. They really, really want to have like a secret sleepover where it's just the three of them. There are no adults. And Maddie um, comes up with this plan where she will tell her mom she's with her dad, tell her dad she's with her mom. And then the girls will all go over to Maddie's grandparents' house, um, which is kind of like a seasonal um, sort of summer house that people, um, that they don't live in, you know, year round and they don't rent it out. So it's empty at the moment and they will just spend the weekend there. But at the very last minute, her two best friends pull out. They get caught, one gets sick. And Maddie's not caught, though, and she's already spent all her money on all these snacks, and she thinks, you know, to heck with it, rather than, you know, retract her story or come clean to her parents, she'll just spend the sleepover at her grandparents' house all alone. And that seems like a really good idea until she wakes up in the middle of the night and something weird is going on. There are voices outside, there seem to be, like, military in the streets, And she's really afraid of getting in trouble, especially since she's alone in this house. So she just hides. And the next day when she wakes up, nobody is left in town. Like everybody has been evacuated and she doesn't know why. And she doesn't know, you know, where they're going and she doesn't know how to follow them. And when she goes to try to find um, either of her parents, they both unfortunately think that, you know, she's with the other parent. And then she finds out that everybody was forced to leave their cell phones at these evacuation centers. And then she finds out that um, her parents ended up in different refugee camps. So not only, you know, do they each think that the other parent has her, but like there's no way for them to know that she has been left behind. And this is obviously really scary. And the power only lasts for like maybe another couple of days. And she has to figure out how to survive on her own. Luckily for her, she rescues a neighbor's left behind Rottweiler named George. And she really starts figuring out what it is to, um, you know, scrounge up for food and, you know, find clean water, stay warm during the winter. And she has to survive all on her own. And almost as, you know, harrowing as it is to take care of her physical needs, you know, it's also difficult to look after her emotional and her mental needs uh, because people aren't, you know, really fit to be on their own for prolonged periods of time, um, especially in the face of such great uncertainty. So this book has received comparisons to Hatchet by Gary Paulson. And I totally think that, you know, those comparisons are, you know, very apt. Maddie's journey can be very harrowing at times. And she has to be really smart about, you know, how she survives. She's, you know, not only going up against um, this weird situation where everybody has disappeared, but there's natural disasters and just, you know, the environment working against her. So, I really, really enjoyed this book. I also listened to it on the audiobook, and the audiobook is excellent. 
But yeah, it's a, it's a really great book. And like I said, it toes that line between middle grade and YA. But I definitely think adults would enjoy it too, because I was completely riveted. Um, it's a very suspenseful book. If anything, like I just kind of wanted there to be more of it because it was just really great. So that is Alone by Megan Freeman. And my next pick is Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. And Elizabeth Acevedo is kind of, you know, pretty well known for being this, you know, amazing YA writer, amazing poet. Um, her debut novel, The Poet X, is amazing. Um, it won a National Book Award. Uh, so it's really been well received. This is um, her third YA novel, her second in verse. And I just was so intrigued by the premise of this book, which is two um, teenage girls, Camino Rios. Um, she lives in the Dominican Republic. And then um, Yahaira Rios, who lives in New York City. They're sisters. They have the same father, although different mothers. But they have no idea that the other exists until one day um, their father travels from New York City, where he lives uh, most of the time for his annual visit to the Dominican Republic. Um, And on the way there, his plane tragically crashes. And so it's because of this tragedy and losing their father that the two discover that each other exists. And at first, you know, there's this feeling of betrayal, of devastation. Um, You know, they are completely grief stricken to lose their father. But at the same time, they're also grief-stricken to learn that he was keeping this really big secret from them. And they have to figure out what it means, you know, to have this bond, this bond in grief, but like also this bond of sisterhood and whether or not they really want to pursue some sort of relationship. So the book is beautifully written in verse from both girls' perspectives, uh, which I really, really appreciated seeing. So yeah, Yahaira and Camino, they really have very different lives. Um, uh, Camino had, you know, only gets her father for a few weeks out of the year. Um, she doesn't have her mother anymore. She lost her mother at a young age. Uh, she does have wonderful family, though, that is very supportive of her. Uh, Yahaira um, still has her mom and is living with her mom, but she also feels kind of lost because her life was previously defined by chess. She was a really, really great chess player, um, but then she stopped and she doesn't know really what she should be doing moving forward. Uh, there's some resentment between the two girls. There is, you know, a little bit of jealousy going on, I think, between the two of them um, for the lives that they, you know, the other lives, but also for just the types of relationship that they had with their father that the other didn't. So their they're coming together is not always easy, but they learn that if they're going to honor their father and honor what he meant to them, they are going to have to work together. This is just beautiful with some really, really amazing poetry in here. And I'm torn because I really, really enjoyed this book on audio. Um, Elizabeth Acevedo narrates half the book. 
And she's an incredible narrator. She's also narrated her previous two YA books. And I highly recommend them on audio for that alone. But at the same time, it's I've picked up a copy of this book and I've looked at the the um, poetry printed on the page. And that's also a really, I think, unique experience to see how it's written on the page, because sometimes how it's written on the page does have an impact on how you uh, perceive the words. So either way, you definitely can't lose out with print or audio, you know, go both. I can't, you know, can't say that you'd be sorry doing that either. So that book is Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. And that is it for me today. Um, Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And if you enjoy this podcast, show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, because it helps other book lovers find us. And finally, thanks so much to our sound editor, Jen Zink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and very sassy cats, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price. That's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. I'll be back next month on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty and with more backlist recommendations. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Bye.